Welcome back to another episode of the Startup Therapy Podcast. This is Ryan Rutan, joined as always by my friend, partner, the founder and CEO of Startups.com, Will Schroeder. Will, we live in a world where transparency has become like a huge thing and, and we share and share and share and everybody talks about everything. As we transition from being a citizen to being a founder, is that still true? Like, do we still have that same, same ability to just sort of put it all out there? No, <laughs> I think, I think we learned the hard way that where before we used to be able to share everything, you know, we like good example, like Ryan, you and I were working at some company, we'd go to lunch and we could kind of bitch about the boss. Right. And it yep. was just universally accepted that that's what people do. And that was fine. Or we could talk about how we're having some problem at home or we hate our job or you name it. Right. Just talk about everything. Not only that, we could then get on social and then broadcast <laughs> those feelings to the world. Everyone yes. gets a taste of what's on our mind right now whether they want it or not. Correct. <laughs> and, so, and so it begins. Generally not, but yes. All right, so before we get into this next topic, I just want to let you know, what we talk about here is like 1% of the conversation. You know, really this conversation is going on all day long online at groups.startups.com where Ryan and I pretty much talk endlessly with founders about every one of these topics. So if by the end of this discussion, you like the topic and you want to dig into it a little bit more with Ryan and I, just head to groups.startups.com and we'll pick it up from there. And then we become a founder. And for the first time, we say some dumb shit and consequences prevail, right? We get an email back from an investor like, hey, what, what exactly did you just post? Right. Or, or we have an employee pull us aside and be like, wait, did you really mean that about our fundraising? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then it starts to permeate all these areas of our life that it didn't used to affect. I'll give you an example. Uh, we're at a cocktail party and it's just friends of ours, right? This, this is not even anybody that's like relevant to our business. And we're just talking about all the crazy stuff that's happening and how frustrated and freaked out we are. But it just so happens that one of those people at our cocktail party knows a friend of ours that works at the company or the, the spouse of somebody that works at the company. And you know what? That's the kind of stuff that gets around. And then that person hears it from them. And then they start into a Slack channel immediately. And all that gets rebroadcast over and over and over. And we've learned the hard way that now that we're a founder, every single word that comes out of our mouth has consequences. Does does yeah, and it's it's a big shift, right? Because and not that our words were completely without consequence before that. I don't think that's what we're saying. You can still screw up at the company holiday party, even if you're employee two thousand six hundred and forty two. <laughs> you can become ex employee two thousand six hundred and forty two really quick, depending on on how how poorly you play that situation. But the the reverberations, and I think the the sort of the obvious nature of when we've crossed that line and when we've started to create problems for ourselves, for people around us, is so much less easy to read, right? Like you sort of know, right? Whoops, I jumped in the punch bowl again this year. Bad, right? But like you said, you know, making what may feel like a fairly innocuous or insulated comment, right? So, you know, two different sides there. One, you know, where you just you really don't see how this could be misinterpreted, but it is. The other one where you feel like you're in a relative safe space, i.e. at this party with just friends, and so therefore you can be open, and it turns out that neither of those things was true. 
Um, so I think it just gets harder and harder and harder to know uh, when and where we can lay it out with like that full brutal honesty that we've both talked about we need to have too, right? Not, not just from a transparency for everybody else's perspective and everybody else's sake, but for our own, right? As founders, we do need somewhere to be able to do this stuff, but sort of randomly without thought and anywhere on social media probably isn't the, the obvious correct answer, is it? But, you know, it's funny you should say that because the whole thing has been about transparency. We talk about yep. it on the show, right? We talk about, hey, we should bottle all this stuff up, but now we should talk about it. We should express this stuff. We should be open about it. And this is where it gets a little bit funky, where people hear that and they say, oh, cool. Okay. That's, you know, that's the keys to the castle. I'm just going to go run in and spout out everything that's in my mouth. You can. You can say it. Like you said, you can hop on social and say whatever you want, as hundreds of millions of people, billions of people have chosen to do. <laughs> yes. However, we have to think three steps ahead on this stuff, right? So, for example, we, Ryan, you and I talk about mental health among founders all the time. It's practically the name of the show. And we talk about how if things are bothering you, you can't keep it built up. You, know, you have to be able to get it out there. You have to explain to others what's on your mind. But unfortunately, we've kind of the, the world has developed to a point where people feel like what's on my mind is now a social topic, meaning a public topic, right? And if, if you're a founder, it's sort of not anymore. Now, you see some founders, they hop on, on Twitter and they say anything that comes to mind, right? Doesn't always work out so well. <laughs> Doesn't always, always go in their favor because Every time we think about how we're going to express ourselves, what we've got to think about is who's affected. And a lot of us can't think like that far ahead because we haven't done that in the past. But now we've got to think for 200 people in an organization, Ryan, you and I, you know, when something's bothering us, it's not as simple as, oh my God, you know, I, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. Uh, kind of 200 people on, our, on their payroll are kind of hoping that <laughs> that's not the case. So, so things have changed. And, and I think as founders, a big part of this is stepping back and saying, oh shit, like I've got a whole new game plan on what I'm allowed to say. And I think that's hard, hard for people to come by, hard to make that transition. It is. It is. You know, I, I think that, and it's again, like not always obvious when and where these situations exist and, and what is okay and what's not. Personal example, right? Like, and I think we've, we've touched on this before, but for example, like spouse, right? Like, I thought I can say anything and there will be no negative consequence to any of this by talking to my spouse about this stuff, right? And what I realized was there wasn't truly a negative consequence to me, but I have scared her multiple times in the past, right? Where all of a sudden it's like the things that I'm saying, you know, put fear in, in her mind and sometimes on my behalf, right? Just like, you know, I, I say something like, you know, I'm, I'm afraid this is running me into the ground. And now she's afraid this is running me into the ground. Now she's stressed out and trying to watch and make sure that I'm taking care of myself when it probably wasn't nearly as serious as I made it sound. It was taken out of context or set out of anger or just frustration or whatever. And now all of a sudden it's become a thing with a life of its own where had I said that to, you know, at her to a different different point in time, or had I had I couched it slightly differently, or given more context to it? But you know, this is the this is part of the problem, right? How do we maintain this level of vigilance around what we're saying, who we're saying it to, and and still be able to share what we need to share, 
and still have some shred of humanity in this communication, right? Because if we become purely analytical about everything we're saying, we treat all interpersonal communications uh, like it's part of some strategic chess match that involves the company, and to some degree it does, not saying it doesn't, but how do we do that while still maintaining like some of this humanity, this safe space that we need? How does that work as a founder? How do we create that? Well, I think a big part of it, you know, for me, as I evolved as a founder, it took me a really long time to understand that my personal life, my personal thoughts, et cetera, were not for public consumption within the company. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that yeah. every decision I made or every every way that I felt had real consequence to other people. Right. And I, Ryan, I I wish I could say I was more empathetic, I guess, or I had thought through it more. But when I look back at all of the things that I did, the way that I behaved, and what people's reactions were, Ryan, I'm going back 10, 20, 30 years. It was awful. I was so bad at it. I had this instance, this is one instance, where uh, we just raised a, a seed round of capital um, from some fairly prominent investors. And I thought it was a good idea to write a blog post about it. And I wrote the blog post, and it, it basically was to this tune. It was, it's 2007. Everyone's complaining about not being able to raise capital. Not true. We were able to raise capital from this company, this company, this company, this company, in a matter of a couple of weeks. And I'm some idiot that just showed up in LA. And my intent of it was, <laughs> every other founder, jump, jump in and, and join yeah. this train because it's great. And I'll never forget, my investors pulled me aside. It was specifically Mark Suster, who has a very strong voice on things. Yes, And he Mark does. pulled me aside. It was like a parent, like basically uh, scolding his son. And he was like, what the F are you thinking? <laughs> and I was like, right. what are you talking about, Mark? Like the whole thing is you and I are trying to like make LA this cauldron of success and startups. He's like, no. He's like, all those other founders are out there. All those other investors are out there struggling to try to raise capital, to try to fund these companies. And you made it sound like you just threw a, a three-point shot from, from half court with your eyes closed, right? He's like, now everyone wants you to fail. I remember him saying that specifically. He's like, now everyone wants you to fail because you sounded like you're a chest pounder, right? And instead of giving the company a positive image of how you're trying to grow, you made it sound like you know, you're this big shit and you deserve it. Which wasn't your intention, right? You were trying. You were trying to motivate people. You were trying to tell people, "Look, you can do this. Join us. Join in." And instead, yeah, it's amazing and how quickly and without any effort on your part, that can turn into something completely different. It was really different. It, and, but here's the thing: if I go back and I, and I said, "Okay, did I need to write that blog post?" Even though my intentions were right, it would have been a cool move. Send it to Mark first. Hey, Mark, what do you think of this blog post before I send it out, right? Or another one would have been, show it to anybody that's not me, right? Find out, they get some sort of test, the waters a little bit, right? Like now when, when we do something major within the company, you, me, Elliot, other members of the management team, we talk about it, right? We kind of say, hey, am I the only person thinking this way, right? And, and, and often I am, right? And I need to be kind of reeled in. And I think what I've come to learn over the years and kind of the, why we're covering this is that not everybody just shows up one day. They understand all the consequences. They understand how things have changed, et cetera. And in some cases, they can make a major 
major miss without understanding this. And I think it's a huge issue. Yeah, and I think that's that's often the case, right? It is usually an unintentional miss, right? It's very rare that like we threw something out and we're like, well, that became very inflammatory and that was my intention. Like sometimes we do this. Sometimes we want to stir the pot. But most of the time, it isn't even a stirring the pot post or, you know, a declaration that ends up causing trouble. It was something that was either well-intended or just no intent whatsoever, just some neutral thing that we decided to do. I'll give you an example. And this it was, didn't turn into anything major, but I realized after I did it what I had done. Yesterday, I, the, the, uh, the nation observed Martin Luther King Jr. Day, and just out of habit and just out of like, I don't know, I, I, I communicate with our team a lot. I jumped on our Slack and just said good morning to the team. Right now, here's the thing. I didn't mean good morning, everybody check. And I was just like, if anybody's on, like, here's a good morning, right? I happen to be on. And so it begins, right? And so it begins, right? Didn't, didn't occur to me that that might be a signal that everybody's like, oh, do we need to be on? Within eight minutes, it had devolved into several conversations around, are we actually out of the office today? Because Ryan's good morning people, right? I, I, and like, didn't even occur to me didn't occur to me at all that that could potentially happen, right? And of course that I just cleaned it up quickly, but it's one of those it's one of those non-obvious situations where you just don't think about the when the where and then the how it can be misconstrued or construed wasn't misconstrued, right? That was that was a logical conclusion to draw. Like, oh, he's on, he's welcoming us like he does every day of the week when we're actually working. Same message, maybe same intent, should am I supposed to post up now and get ready to work? What's going on? So it's just it's so, so easy to run afoul of these things. And again, like that didn't create any sort of major ruckus, but the potential is always there. It is. It's, and that's the thing. It's so fast, right? Within minutes, it became apparent that I had, I had run afoul of my own communication plan, right? So. I think it's also worth noting, and I don't just put this in, in the example you gave, but I think it's also worth noting that we kind of assume that we'll be given the benefit of the doubt. In life, we we'd like to believe that. We'd like to be able to say, hey, if I do something wrong, or in, their, in your case, you didn't do anything wrong. You actually didn't do something wrong, but it was received the wrong way, right? There's a bit of a difference. All the same, we assume, ah, people give us the benefit of the doubt. Not true. In more cases than not, it's you're, you're guilty and probably never proven innocent later, right? Yeah. That changes when you become a founder. You go from getting the benefit of the doubt to just having the benefit of doubts. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we just get lots of doubts. Like we can doubt almost everything we do. Uh, yeah, yeah, you don't, you don't get the benefit of that anymore. I watch this now happen on Twitter all the time, all the time, yep. where I watch folks post something. And sometimes I know they're trying to be inflammatory just to kind of get a reaction. But a lot of times I'll see people post something with the intent that, that they're trying to be helpful or trying to express a point of view and they get the Twitter mafia all over them, right? And they just get buried. And remember, it's a one-to-many conversation, but it also, it's a many-to-one conversation, which you can't stop. Right? When there's 6,000 comments, you're not going to respond to all of these and, and make things right. You know, by the way, I just want to mention if what we're talking about today sounds like the kind of discussion you wish you were having more often, you actually can. You know, we're online all day, every day, working through exactly these types of topics with founders just like you. So 
any question you would have or maybe some problem you just want to work through, we're here and we love this stuff. And we're easy to find. You know, head over to groups.startups.com and let's just start talking. So what ends up happening is the first few times we do something, again, you know, we, we get a little bit of pushback on something and we start to realize that we kind of have to really put thought into everything we say, everything we can do. We also realize that there's a lot of things that we wouldn't have thought of before that are kind of off limits now. I'll give you an example. Years ago, during my first company, company had gotten pretty big in size and we had a, a, our holiday party. And I didn't think much of it. Everyone was bringing a date. This was long since before I met my, my wife. And I brought a date. And funny side note, and Ryan, I don't know if you remember her. Uh, she won a show on TV called The Rock of Love with Brett Michaels. It was Heather, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And Heather and I had been friends for a long time. She was t- tons of fun, but she's kind of a wild personality, right? A little bit. A little bit, say the least. And which is why she won a show, a reality show, right? Saying the least is probably the best policy here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm not trying to speak ill of her. Let's just say that that she stood out more than a yeah. little bit at the holiday party <laughs> with hundreds and hundreds of other people bringing their spouses who many were married and but all were on the payroll meaning this was the wife's husband whatever the spouse's first impression of the ceo and what kind of person they might be and it was not a good impression right <laughs> i didn't think through it i just thought like we're showing up at a party heather's f- friend of mine whatever right did not think through it uh. boy did that cause waves now every single person that worked with me had to come up to me later if not during the party, then, you know, days later, be like, you know, my wife is kind of wondering, like, what's the situation there? Is that like somebody like you're dating? Like, is that like, and I was like, wow, this is, is a huge issue. And it was one of those things where I didn't think my personal life had any meaningful, like something so simple, like with who I might, might bring to a party, had any meaningful relation to who I worked with. And holy cow, it did. Because for the spouses, that was often the one time they got an impression of who the person they were working for was. And I've told you this before. It wasn't a, an easy situation to begin with because I looked like I was 12. So, you know, <laughs> so we're in an era where that wasn't cool yet. And so it was bad enough that the, the, the husband, let's say in this case, was to bring his wife and he would introduce her to me and she would pull him aside later. And I heard about this and be like, that's who's paying for our, our kids' college tuition. And the husband was like, I tried to explain it to you. I, you had to see it for yourself, right? I, I was a sideshow. Oh, God. I just took it up a notch. I made it that much worse. And I didn't realize, again, self-awareness and everything else, I didn't realize how much consequence all of my actions had. And now that we had lots and lots and lots and lots of people working there, what a problem that was. Yeah. And again, to your point, you know, the folks who work directly with you and for you probably had a little bit more ammunition to give you the benefit of the doubt, right? But the spouses who show up once, right, and have only seen you that time, right, they don't have anything else to go on, right? So and the same thing, and even more so potentially, uh, when we get out to social media, where the only thing they're reacting to is that one thing that you said, right? They've got one sentence, and that's all that they have to respond to. I want to build on that a little bit. Because, Ryan, you said something really, really important. They, that's all they have to go on. See, now, 
when we were, Ryan, you and I were working together in a company and we know each other and there's a handful of other people we work with and we kind of know them and kind of know our friends, whatever. We all kind of know each other, right? So when I do something stupid, you're like, ah, oh, that's just Will. That's what he does. Or, or that's out of character. Yeah, sure. Right? Either way, like there's some, there's some things, there's some way that you can reflect on that and say, I have some understanding for, for why this happened or I have some reason to sort of let it slide, right? Right. Now, all of a sudden, we have all of these entities in our life that don't have that backstory, that don't, like we said, have the benefit of the doubt, but, but we're responsible for. And now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to project it out a bit, not just to our, our staff. I'm going to talk to investors. I'm going to talk to customers, right? Customers see like, wait, he's posting what on social media? Okay, like that's, that's a little bit off. I watched this happen. We've referenced this before when... Jason Fried and David Hanemeyer Hansen had that infamous post, will now be a year ago, where they basically said, no one gets to have any kind of political discussion. I, I don't want to overstate what we said, but it, like, trust me, it's not hard to find. They basically said, we don't want any kind of societal and or political conversations happening on our exchanges within the company. And not only did they say it at the worst time, given where the, the US was at the time, but it sounded incredibly insensitive. And because they have such a big voice across so many people, it hit everyone over the head at the worst possible time. And it went ballistic. It got, yeah, it got amplified and then it got well outside of. So I think that, oh yeah, let's follow through on this. So yes, so within their core audience, I think there was a lot of shock and dismay still because it sounded a lot like censorship and not much else, right? It was like, even for those of us who are like, you know, we really respect the company, really respect the founder, we like the team, and yet we're having a hard time understanding, like, what do they mean by this, right? What, because what, we've gotten used to them being thought leaders in a lot of in a lot of ways, and so it's like, okay, I'm I'm trying to unwind this and make sense of it for myself, for the company, for just generally. And there was enough of a discussion amongst that core group of people who probably would have been willing to at least not overreact to it. But then it started to creep outside that and outside that. And we got further away from people who could give them some potential benefit of the doubt. And the thing just got amplified to, to 10, right? And now it was being heard by people who didn't care, didn't know, had no context other than what was being said and that's when it went completely off the rails, right? And so we have no control over that. Once we put it out there, it's out there. You now have consequences that affect orders of magnitude more people than you've ever affected before. And now those consequences multiply right? because that gets retweeted, right? Or one customer says uh, through word of mouth, don't ever use that, that company. And 10 people that you never met never used you. It all amplifies. I think that from a founder's standpoint, it's really hard on us because on the one hand, we want to be expressive. We want to be able to talk about what's on our mind. Everybody else seems to, right? Everybody else seems to be able to do it just fine, right? We want to be able to talk about maybe our political views or our religious views or, you know, you name it. And, it's, and what we're saying here isn't you're not allowed to talk about those things. You know, you're, you're, you're a grown-ass adult. You talk about what you want. What we're saying is when you do, you got to know that these things are going to have real consequences. And if you don't consider those consequences ahead of time, but later on you're shocked by them, 
Like again, I post something talking about how easy it is to raise capital. Best intentions in the world. I did not see the the perspective that Mark came back to me and presented. It wasn't like you pushed publish and they were like, I'm going to brace myself now for impact, right? Like I know what's coming. You didn't, right? Totally off guard. I just didn't know. And so one of the things that as we're talking about, well, what can we do? How do we deal with this? One of the things that I can't emphasize enough is asking someone else, should I say or do this? Now, that's not getting permission. It's getting a perspective. And at which point I say, hey, Ryan, you know, I'm thinking about publishing this on our site, on our blog, whatever. What do you think? Let me copy paste my standard response to that. Yeah. Hang on a second. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, look, man, you could do what you want, but I'd recommend you didn't want this <laughs> because it's a bad idea. Are you going to use your name? And I've seen time and time again, what I call the Jerry Maguire moment. If you remember at the beginning of Jerry Maguire, right? The whole thing starts where Tom Cruise has this brainstorm about how the company can act differently. And back then, you know, email and Slack didn't exist. So he actually has to photocopy. So he's got this dramatic montage of him making photocopies at like 3 a.m. Yep, for everybody yep. and putting on everybody's desk, which makes for great theater. It would have been a good idea for Jerry to maybe not have published that or, you know, send it to Bob Sugar, the fact that I remember who that is. You know, say, Bob, what do you think about this? And have Bob go, you know, that Gary, Harry, that might not have been a good idea. I think we don't do this. We don't have this natural check valve because up until now, we haven't faced the consequences of what happens when we don't use it. <laughs> That's pretty dangerous. I think we're, we're in agreement here, for sure. And, uh, you know, if you haven't been through this yet, you'll agree with us someday when this blows back on you. <laughs> it only needs to happen once. Let's hope that you can hear some of this and, and, uh, and, and learn uh, from some of our mistakes ahead of time. But, Will, why don't we, why don't we talk a little bit about what, what can we do, right? Like, so, because it isn't the case we can just bottle this up and stuff it down. We, we've spent the other 150 episodes <laughs> talking about not doing exactly that. So how do we do this? So obviously, you know, being aware of how things can be construed, but recognizing, and we've, we've talked about a couple of situations today, both your email or sorry, your blog post, my, my, my doomed Slack message, neither of those, even had I analyzed it further, I probably wouldn't have seen that was going to go wrong. So like you said, we can share this with other people, but what else do we do? Right? So once we find out like, no, maybe this is something that you you shouldn't share with the entire globe. Let's 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 deal with this in a more private way. What do we do? Where where does this go? You know, I talked about the fact that I can't even always share, you know, just kind of verbatim, you know, one to one what's in my heart and mind with with my wife, right? So what do we do? How do we cultivate a network that lets us do this? I consider it like the the the, the mental imagery, the metaphor that I use are rooms. In certain rooms where there's certain things that are appropriate, right? And I picture who would be in that room. Right. And so, as you mentioned, there's a room that my wife's in, and I just share the same stuff. But there's rooms that she's not in, and not because I'm trying to keep something back from her, but it's kind of two different things. And I've talked to her endlessly about this, so she understands it. The first room is this is stuff, honestly, I could get you all worked up about it. It won't help me. It's actually not going to help you. And there's nothing, nothing good is going to get added. For example, if, if Ryan, if you and I are having a real problem with some, someone at the company, I can talk to Sarah about it, my wife. I can talk to Sarah about it. And I already know what she's going to say, fire them. Her answer to everything is fire them, right? <laughs> the X. 
she comes out of HR, so she always has one answer. But her answer is always fire them. And I already know what that answer is going to be. And I appreciate and respect the fact that she gives it. However, it's not helping her. It's not helping me. And the consequence would be if we don't agree. And now I spin up an argument over dinner you know, with my wife about something that she didn't even care about. Right? Exactly. Yep. I take that problem out of that room. I have other rooms, right? Which let's say have our staff in them. And there's certain things that I really feel like they need to know. But I'm really mindful. Whereas before, I would just throw everything in that room. Everybody will give me benefit of the doubt, right? Now I don't. And again, it's not that I'm trying to hold things back from them. I'm trying to be mindful of what they're willing to process, right? So if I say, and we've talked about this you know, recently, I'm super burnt out. I don't know how much longer I can do this. That might not be a topic for that room. Why? Because everyone in that room doesn't have the benefit of knowing me well, right? They don't have the benefit of knowing all the ups and downs that I've been going through in life or how I've said this 20 times before for 20 years and kind of always come back to the same place. They just hear, oh shit, one of the guys that's responsible for my paycheck sounds like he's checking out. <laughs> that's all That's yeah. all they process. Is he leaving the checkbook behind? So that topic doesn't get played in that room. And so again, sticking with this metaphor, I have certain things that I talk specifically to other founders about. And really, I would say, if I'm really thinking through it, I just had a lunch with a founder. So I'm trying to think of what would have been you know, kind of out of bounds. Not much. I would say I probably have more agency to talk about every aspect of my life with other founders because I trust them. That's a big part of it. But also because I know they have nowhere to take it that's going to create consequence. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I, I'd, I'd add one I'd add an additional layer to that, which is they also understand the consequences of that communication in the same way that we do, right? Uh, to the extent that any of us do, right? That, that they will at least understand, like, you know, there's a reason this is being shared here and now. We understand that we have so few avenues for sharing some of the deeply personal stuff, the highly troubling things you know, the really stressful stuff. And and we can be there for each other in that regard, just sort of knowing that they didn't need feedback necessarily. They just need somebody to say it to who will have some level of understanding of the context. You know, as you were, as you were going through your different rooms analogy, I kept thinking it's, it's a bit like security clearance, right? There's a reason, there's, there's a reason certain people have a certain level of security <laughs> clearance and others yeah, don't, great. right? And, and, it's, and it's for everyone's benefit, right? And so, you know, when we share with people who are at that same security clearance level, they understand the power that that information wields. They understand why it needs to be discussed um, and they understand why it needs to remain private. And I think that's, that's something that you do, like you said, founder to founder, you'll find that I do have a couple of really close personal friends who are as far from the startup space as they could possibly be, who I can also do that with, knowing that they don't care about any of it other than how it impacts me, right? There, there's zero bone to pick. There's nothing to be gained by them going out and saying, oh, hey, you know, I heard, heard this. Right? It's not going on social media. It's not going to any of our other friends. It's just somebody that I can share it with who, you know, they're, they're intelligent people, they, they're insightful people, they're empathetic people. And so I, I get what I need and I don't get any of the, uh, the, the potential harmful side effects of having that get kicked around the globe on social media or, you know, just even with the, within the staff structure or wherever. 
that it can potentially take on a life other than the one I intended for it, which is usually fairly short-lived. I tend to find that in the past, over the years, I've, I've had a thing where when I was frustrated at something happening with the company, I just assumed everyone wanted to hear it. Sure. It turns out they sort of don't. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. Here's what I learned. I learned that when I'm frustrated, no matter what it is, if it's with an individual, if it's an outside situation, et cetera, best case, if I go to the room where everybody's in it, I piss off, frustrate everybody. And more importantly, this is the biggest one, and distract everybody. Here's what happens. I jump in. I'm all fired up. I go to, you know, our, our online room would be an equivalent Slack channel. And I say, oh, my God, I can't believe this happened. I'm so frustrated, blah, blah, blah. And I bet. Cool. I feel 1% better. Guess what happens? Now there's 500 Slack chats that get spun up to basically dissect and talk about what I just said. By the way, none of them in my favor. You know, they, they, they never turn into a, man, I can't say enough good things about Will. <laughs> it's just the worst of. Thinking back through it, I think you're right. No, yeah, to yeah, you're happen. right. To, to, to get my little bit of validation or satisfaction, I've now derailed the entire company and I've created yet another level of either distrust or, 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 or frustration or you name it with me and to some degree with the company. I didn't used to understand that. I didn't understand that not everybody you know, needed to be in, in the same room at the same time. And so now when I'm frustrated with something, and it's all the time because of my anxiety, not because what anybody's doing, everybody's actually doing a pretty good job. I'm very mindful about where and how I express it. With, with one exception, right? I do express it. I don't hold it in. Yeah, yeah. I just got to be really careful where I share it. We do. You know, it's funny. I, I haven't quoted my dad in a couple episodes. It's probably time. And I think I've used this one before, but in a different context. And it's communication is the burden of the sender. I don't know how many times I heard that growing up. And in this case, what would I, would I typically take that to mean? And where I typically apply this is it's my job to make sure that the person I'm communicating with understands this in the way that I need and want them to, right? That's incumbent on me, not the person hearing the information. But in the context of today's conversation, it also brings up an entirely uh, another aspect of that, which is, do I need to be communicating this at all, right? That's my burden. Because once I decide to, it's now everyone's burden and it's out of my control, right? And I think that that's where this can, this can really go off the rails to your point, right? Like nobody wanted to know about it. Nobody needed to know about it until someone else knew about it. Now everybody has to know about it, right? This right. is the way this goes, <laughs> right? Now, well, so-and-so knows, you know, uh, you know, Jane in, in, uh, in finance knows and Joe in HR knows. So therefore, you know, I got to know too, right? And then this is where the, the rumor mill kicks up, the discussions kick off, uh, and this thing just goes haywire, Right. So I think as we are thinking about these things, it's often, you know, it's it's sparked off of something that you said. I feel one percent better. Right. Had you thought about it and you were like, my objective here is to say something and to feel better. If you'd said, like, I, I'm going to feel one percent better after this and here's the potential risk. Would you have done that? Would you have communicated it? Probably not. Right. And so I think being really clear around what it is we're trying to communicate and why. And does this actually have a purpose, either, you know, for my own well-being or for that of the understanding of the people around me? And if not, you know, save it, right? 
Or like you said, share it with one person. Right. <laughs> Not the Build world. those other rooms. I mean, that when, when we launched the founder groups over a year ago, that was specifically what we did. We said, here's a room where you can talk about all the shit that you can't otherwise talk about. And people did for just that reason, because we're all in the same boat where we realize that all this stuff has consequence for the first time in most cases, we're a, a major consequence, an exponential consequence. And we're getting tired of bottling it all in. And we want to talk to other people about it. And it just so happens because of where we're at in life and kind of what we're doing, a room full of founders is actually the best remedy. And often they're founders we don't know. So again, they're not connected back to anything that would, would cause us harm. And they understand the, the whole point of this, which is to keep it quiet, right? They don't want you sharing what they're saying and you don't want to share what you're saying. And I think that that mutual respect, it pays off. And, and I think it's kind of what, what bonds people, but I think it's what a lot of founders are missing. I think so too. You know, I had a founder sum this up really nicely earlier in the week. He said, man, I've never had a place where I felt like I could just like be that honest about what's going on inside the company. And I did a horrible job of it. And it made me feel really terrible to say it all. And then it made me feel really good that I had said it. Imagine <laughs> like, that. That's it, right? That's <laughs> it. That. that is the essence of this thing, right? I thought that was just so, so, so perfectly poorly put, right? It was, it was exactly, exactly what that represents, right? Like, because a lot of times we, we never have, right? We haven't had that chance. We haven't felt like we could do that without the consequences. Like in these cases where we do know, like I can't just go and tell this to anybody. This has to be a really specific audience. When you do finally come across that audience and you have it and you can make that share and you can feel bad about it, right? Because it is something bad. It is something negative that you've got to get off your chest. And then you have that opportunity and you take it. It feels really amazing. All right. So that was fun. But let's actually keep this conversation going. You've heard what we think about this, but you know, Ryan and I would really like to hear what you think. And we're online like all day long, pretty much talking about every startup topic you could think of from fundraising to customer acquisition to just really how to get all of this crazy startup stuff out of your head. And there's tons of other founders just like you. They're weighing in on these topics. So you'll get a chance to just hang out and meet some really smart founders. We're also super, super easy to find. You head over to groups startups.com and let Ryan and I hear what's on your mind. Let's get to know each other a little bit and let's just start having more of these conversations.